0: Heck of a season by the uh, Texas Longhorns, but they end up going down, losing to Washington 37-31 in the college football playoff. Welcome in. I'm Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports. Of course, that means the Big 12 football season is officially over. Heck of a year by Texas. But let's be honest. We said it in the preview show, if Washington could take advantage of of Texas's biggest and arguably their only weakness the secondary they were going to win the game. Now, I thought with a month to prepare, Steve Sarkisian would figure out what to do with the secondary, but didn't happen. So Washington gets the win, they're going to the Natty, they're playing Michigan in a future all Big 10, weird to say but true, college football playoff championship game on Monday night. But for Texas in this game, there's a couple of takeaways that I want to touch on before we get to what all this means for the Big 12 and where the Big 12 goes from here. The weakness for Texas was never able to be exploited by anybody in the Big 12 outside of Oklahoma. Think about that. The the best offense, the best passing offense that Texas saw all season, they lost to both of those teams. Washington, and Oklahoma. The Texas secondary was limited all season. If you had the offensive game plan and the weapons to take advantage, you had a chance. But this was a weird year for the Big 12. Everyone thinks of the Big 12 and these dopes on ESPN and Fox who still think it's 2013, think the Big 12 is like still the air raid conference. And those of us that actually, you know, watch the sport, and watch the conference and don't just uh, kiss up, for lack of a better phrase, since I want to keep it family-friendly, that's what we do here at Heartland College Sports, the Big Ten of the SEC, know that this league has not been an air-raid league for a very long time. It's not what it's been for years now. But national media guys don't know that. But if you watch the Big 12, you know that. So it was not a great year for the Big 12 when it comes to passing offenses and especially quarterback play. The quarterback play, especially by Big 12 standards, was fairly mediocre, especially when you talk about passing the ball. So there was not that team that was going to be able to take advantage of Texas's biggest weakness outside of OU, who beat Texas. Now, Kansas State had a real opportunity to beat Texas, but for some reason, Colin Klein thought it was a great idea to run between the tackles all game instead of using his quarterback to throw the ball and exploit their weakness, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now. You get the point. Michael Penix put on a clinic. He threw for, what, 250-plus yards in the first half, 450 yards for the game. The dude was absolute money, and it was so impressive to watch, but it was also something that, while I thought Texas would win, I admit that. I, I got the game wrong. I thought they'd win it, but we all knew if Penix was on the money. If Penix got hot, if he had himself a huge game, well, Washington had a great chance to win because that Texas secondary was the weakest part of that team all season long. And that's exactly what got exploited in that game. Penix had a QBR of 98, threw for 430 yards, 29 of 38. A dude was as good as it gets. All right? I mean, it was a damn impressive performance for him. But because the Big 12 did not have great quarterback play this year, Texas was able to mask that weakness in the secondary for the most part. I mean, think about it. Go back and look at that schedule, right? Even the Alabama win. I mean, we saw Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Alabama, Jalen Milrose, I don't think the guys, you know... An outstanding quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Yes, he has the incredible pass to win the game against Auburn that we'll never forget. But like no one's gonna really remember the name Jalen Milrow in a couple of years outside of the diehards. I just I don't see that being the case. So even the Alabama win. They weren't playing a team with a very good passing attack. Look at the big 12 teams they played. Baylor, Kansas, Kansas had a passing game, but that was early in the Jason Bean era, right Right after Daniels had gotten hurt. So that's a different Jason Bean than the Jason Bean of the last couple of weeks of the season. The Oklahoma game they lost. Houston took them down to the wire. Donovan Smith's decent. BYU, not much of a passing attack. Um, Kansas State went to OT. TCU... Shouldn't have gone down to the wire, ended up going down to the wire. Iowa State, you're talking about a freshman in Rocco Beck at quarterback. Texas Tech was a blowout, and that game was a blowout for a multitude of reasons. Massive bulletin board material all over that game. So there was no passing attack that Texas saw that was close to Washington when you talk about the quality wide receivers with the quarterback play. And that's what made this dicey for them. And that's clearly what Penix and company took care of and uh, took Texas to town with on Monday night. So the Longhorn season comes to an end and you know, maybe more of us should have saw it coming, but I just thought that Sark would adjust. And also Quinn Ewers didn't play great at all. Like Quinn Ewers has got to be coming back, right? The thought that Quinn Ewers would go to the NFL after that performance against Washington. I mean, he was missing throws all over the place. The dude was accurate all season, and he had one of his least impressive games in the biggest game of his career on Monday. I don't see how Quinn Ewers could possibly go to the NFL draft after what you saw on Monday night. Now, if he won the game and he was you know, all over the field throwing dimes and darts, different story, but that's not what Quinn Ewers was doing. Like I I know that every NFL GM is looking for a quarterback, or at least you know fifteen of them are. But come on, you gonna draft Quinn Ewers in the first round, or even the second round after that performance with what you saw? There's no way you could possibly do that. So I listen. I um, (laughs) I don't think that Quinn Ewers could possibly go to the NFL draft after that game, and I don't think that he will. By the way, I don't see that happening. Uh, Kim says that Texas should have simply pounded the run and then pounded it some more. Sark called a poor game. You know, here's the thing. I'll say this, and that's an interesting point by Kim on YouTube Live. Sark is an offensive mastermind. Alabama's offense has not been what it was under Sark. He's won at the NFL, right? Saw what he did with the Falcons, Alabama. We know his whole history. He is an offensive guru arguably an offensive genius. When guys like Sark have a month to prepare for the games, I just wonder if they get too cute. I just wonder if they have too much time on their hands to get too creative instead of, as you point out there, Kim, pound the rock. They were having success with that early on, and you were seeing it work, and it never really got the momentum that it should have gotten. I mean, they still rushed for 180 yards and and 6.5 yards per carry, so they had a good game on the ground, but of course they were playing from behind for much of the game as well. So that's where Sark naturally wants to get back into the passing attack. That's how he wants to play traditionally, and I agree with you. He should have gone back to pounding the rock more than he did because they were having tremendous success, but it is also tougher to do that a bit when you're playing from behind. Um. Pete, do you think Washington beats Michigan next week? You know, I haven't given it a ton of thought yet when it comes to this game. Um, But there's something about Washington. Like, I think Michigan's the better team. But there's something about Washington and winning all these close games and the way that these guys play with a chip on their shoulder that I just love. The only thing that scares me for Washington is that this became their championship game. Kind of like TCU last year beating Michigan. They were the underdog. No one saw it coming. Everyone was picking Michigan and TCU pulls it off. And they're wildly emotional after the game. And they're acting like they just won the national championship. And a part of me worries that there could be an element of that for Washington that hurts them. But I'll tell you right now, I mean, I, Michigan has not seen a passing attack like this. Like, Alabama was perfectly suited for what Michigan wanted to do on both sides for the most part. But Washington, if Michael Penix and those wide receivers are playing like they did on Monday night, Washington will win the game. So I'll definitely pick Washington to cover the spread, and um, I'll have a pick later in the week when it comes to outright. But I'm leaning Washington right now. It just feels, and it's so cliche, I hate, I don't even want to say the phrase I'm about to say because I can't stand it, but it was on the tip of my tongue, so i got to complete the sentence for you. Um, It feels like a team of destiny. Okay, I won't use it again. I hate the cliche. I can't stand the cliche, but it was on the tip of my tongue, so I'm saying it. But there's an element of this team that feels like a team of destiny. So I will lean Washington, but I... I'm a big Jim Harbaugh guy. And plus, I'm in Kansas City. For those of you that don't know, that's where Heartland College Sports is based out of. And um, his wife, Jim Harbaugh's wife, is from the Kansas City area. So I, a soft spot of me is pulling for Harbaugh. No doubt about it. <laughs> oh, man. So now, the Big 12. Let's look back at the conference and the bowl season. The Big 12 finished 5-4 and four in bowl games. However, however. If you take out OU in Texas and you give Arizona a win over Oklahoma and you count Arizona as a Big 12 team, which they will be come July, then the Big 12 went 6-3 and three in bowl games when it comes to future Big 12 teams because Arizona won over Oklahoma take out the OU loss, take out the Texas loss, and then Utah lost its bowl game. So factor that in. So that's how you get to 6-3. and three. So for the future 16 Big 12 teams, a 6-3 and three bowl season, you'll take that every single time. And obviously, starting next year, you're going to have a team that makes the college football playoff. You're going to have the automatic bid, which is going to be awesome for this league. And this league is going to be, I mean, such a monster next year. Okay, it's not going to be the SEC. I get that. But if you think that this is going to be a second-tier conference, if you think this is going to be the AAC or the Mountain West, you're not watching the Big 12. I know there's not the blue blood, but the only people who still think that the sport lives and dies by the blue bloods are the newspaper writers who are smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey up in the press box like it's 1972. That's it. Like, even where we're at today, okay, Michigan's a blue blood, But Michigan was down for how long before Jim Harbaugh showed up, right? I mean, like, I get it. They are traditional blue blood. Is Washington a blue blood? I don't think they are. The definition of a blue blood is there can only be a handful of them in any given sport. Washington's not. Is Texas? Okay, fine, yeah. But Texas has been down for 15 years. Like, Texas is finally back, you can say that, but it's been a decade and a half. So just because the Big 12's not sitting there with those traditional blue bloods that we come to think of doesn't mean that this is not going to be a wildly competitive conference that's going to have an incredible amount of talent. And I believe there's going to be a top tier in this league that is going to be able to compete with just about anybody in the country. And when I'm looking at that top tier, I know it's very early. But when I'm looking at that top tier, it looks something along the lines of Oklahoma State. By the way, Oklahoma State is bringing back everybody. Have you seen that? If they get a halfway decent quarterback on the transfer portal, I guess there's rumblings that Alan Bowman could come back. But if they get, I mean, I could play quarterback for Oklahoma State and I'll have him in contention for a Big 12 title Come Halloween. I can't promise anything later than Halloween, but I think if I was quarterback in Oklahoma State and I got four years of eligibility, so hit me up, Mike, I think I could get them in contention through Halloween. After that, November football, I'm out. I don't do well in the cold weather on the field. But like, I got Oklahoma State, I've got Kansas State, West Virginia. Arizona, and UCF. Just off the top of my head, sitting here in early January, that would be the upper echelon top tier. If you want to throw in Utah, we probably should throw in Utah. And that's six teams right there that I could easily make the case for. Oklahoma State, Kansas State, West Virginia. Um, gosh, I probably should throw Kansas in the mix for crying out loud here. All right, let me write this down because I'm going to get all sidetracked. OSU, KSU, WVU, UCF, KU, Arizona, Utah. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's seven teams. (laughs) It's almost half the freaking conference that I can make a case for winning the Big 12 next year. And that's just sitting here in early January. Never mind what it's going to look like in April, May, June, July, and August. What other conference in America are you going to say that about that right now in 2024? You're not going to find one because it doesn't exist. That's what's going to make this an incredible amount of fun. Evan says on Facebook Live, Iowa State's winning the Big 12 next year. I I like the Iowa State story. I'm not seeing it next year. I'm not. I I, I need to see more. Um, And that bowl game left a very sour taste in my mouth. Maybe it shouldn't. And we all overreact, or at least I will admittedly sometimes overreact to a bowl game. But there's nothing about that that I want any part of. No way, no how. Do I want to see, or do I think Iowa State is going to be winning the Big 12 next year? I think they are be better. I mean, they should be better. Um but I don't see them winning the Big 12 next year. They're going to be in that second tier. But, heck, the top tier is going to be nearly half the conference with seven teams that can win this thing outright. So we are entering an incredibly exciting era for the Big 12. Now, OU and Texas are here for all the sports until July 1. So some of you have asked about the website at Heartland College Sports and if we're going to stop covering OU and Texas. No, we're not going to stop because they're in this league until July 1. So we're still going to cover them in basketball, In baseball, in softball. I mean, OU softball is going to do its thing again. So that's not going to change till July. Don't expect that to change anytime soon. But, you know, we're going to welcome those four new teams in as well Utah, Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado. And, you know, we can't wait because it is going to be an exciting and awesome time for this conference. I'm already juiced up about it. I mean, I texted our staff this morning. And I said, guys, like I know the football season's now over for the Big 12, and it's always kind of a a day of mourning when the football season ends for our staff. Now, we do basketball, we do baseball, we do softball, but it's always kind of a moment of mourning when something like that, when the football season ends because we get so juiced up for it, and then it's just, I mean, it flies by, right? Even if you're a fan, it just flies by. So for us, it is like, Labor Day. And then suddenly it's New Year's because you're going a mile a minute. You can't just slow down and take it all in. Um, And it's similar to being a fan. I get it. We're all in the same boat here. But I have never felt this kind of excitement thinking ahead for the Big 12 and what it's going to look like and how much fun this conference is going to be and the different wrinkles that we're going to get from Brett Yormark. I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface on some of the things this league is going to be doing, innovatively speaking, for not just college football, but I believe college sports in general. And it's going to be a tremendous amount of fun, and I cannot wait um, to watch it all play out. I mean, we already put up an article on the website about the top storylines to watch for the Big 12 in 2024. It is going to be a heck of a year uh, for this league, and I cannot wait to have you guys joining us here on the show. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube. If you're not yet, hit that subscribe button on the podcast. Leave a five-star rating and review as well. Um, We'd love if you would do that. You're listening right now on the podcast, I know you are, and you have not left that rating and review, and that's okay, all right? I can't tell if you have or you haven't. I'm just asking you, as we turn the calendar to 2024, to you know, check that box off your New Year's resolution and leave that rating and review for us, if you wouldn't mind. It'd be very much appreciated, and we do have Heartland College Sports koozies to send to you when you leave a rating and a review on the podcast and send me a screenshot to beatmundo, Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Steve says, Oklahoma State has to be the favorite. Well, no, they don't, Steve. I mean, I like Oklahoma State a lot, but you can't tell me right now anybody should be the favorite. You can make the case for somebody to be the favorite, but nobody in this league should be the favorite. It is just too unpredictable. It is a coin flip in so many of these games for next year. Oklahoma State, yes, got to the Big 12 title this year, and they're bringing a lot of guys back. But we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. I can't say a team that doesn't have a quarterback yet for next season should absolutely be the favorite. uh, That's uh, that's an insane claim to make right now. Scott says WVU is going to be a contender. Absolutely. I mean, Neil Brown, finally, we trusted the climb, and he paid off when it came to trusting the climb. Neil Brown won nine games. He was picked to finish last in the Big 12 this past season, 14th of 14 teams. And he just won nine games. But my concern remains, can Garrett Green improve as a passer? I've got to see it to buy West Virginia as a team that can actually get itself to a Big 12 championship game, win it, and then play in a college football playoff. I've got to see a little bit more from Garrett Green to believe that. Uh This is from LB with Jalen Daniels. KU is going to be up there. I agree. KU is going to be right in the thick of the Big 12 race. There's no doubt in my mind that we're going to put Kansas in that mix, as they should. Brandon says, Pete, as someone who's smoking a cigarette and drinking whiskey, I feel called out. Well, Brandon, don't worry. I'm right behind you once the show ends. The whiskey's getting poured, brother. So that's, uh, that makes two... <laughs> I don't want to do it on the air, though, because that could really get things crazy. I will do it at some point. I don't know when, but at some point, I will break that out because that's going to be a show to remember. For you, not for me. I won't remember it, but it will be a show to remember. There's uh, no doubt about it. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for being here. The shows are not going to stop, by the way. So if you're on YouTube, subscribe. We're continuing to pump content. We'll do some more basketball stuff here now that conference play starts on Saturday. So keep an eye out for all that. Same thing on the podcast. Subscribe to us. Uh, Let me just throw this PSA out there. We did 11.4 million page views at heartlandcollegesports.com in 2023. That's up about a million from 2022. We, we want to desperately keep growing this thing so we can increase content, written content, podcast content, video content, but that's reliant on you. And that's doing little things like leaving that rating and review, subscribing on YouTube, um, joining our message boards as well. Those are free. Go to the website, click on the members forums tab, and then just sharing the website with friends, with family. I mean, you know, I never thought we'd get this thing to 100,000 when I started. Then we got to a million. Now we're pushing you know, a million a month, consuming our content, and that's because of you, not because of any company that's behind us. We are strictly independent. It is me. It is you. It is our great crack staff at Heartland College Sports. That's it. There's nobody that's behind us. You're behind us, and that's the most important thing. So thank you for a great year. I was looking at the numbers the other day, but um, you know, 2024 is going to be tough for a lot of different reasons. Um, so we're going to need you guys to continue to be behind us hundred percent. Like you have been many of you for several years, but certainly, uh, those of you who are new, we appreciate you being a part of this show as well. So thank you again. Happy new year. It's going to be an awesome 2024 and we can't wait to keep growing this thing with you at Heartland College sports. So leave that rating and review, subscribe, join us on the members forums. We'll keep the conversation going there. And we'll talk to you guys soon at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Have a great rest of the day. Take care. See you later.